What's up, guys? I'm Jared Lopes, and you're listening to the Dad Tired Podcast, where I'm helping everyday families learn how to follow Jesus in everyday life. How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. It's good to be with you. Uh, thanks for being gracious with me last week as I was uh, told you had a man cold. I've recovered from it. I'm about 98% better. There's some lingering gunk still in my face. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I'm doing great. So I appreciate you guys being patient and gracious with me last week. Hopefully, uh, some of you guys actually wrote in and said there was a really, re- you really appreciated that podcast, just hearing the word of God um, spoken from memory. And some of you guys even started to memorize scripture yourself. So glad that that was helpful for you. Um, if you're new to the Dad Tired podcast, welcome. We're glad to have you. You can learn more about what we do as a ministry by going to dadtired.com. I just want to say uh, again, thank you to the many of you who are supporting by giving a um, donation every month. That helps us stay on this podcast, keep going. It helps cover the website costs. It helps cover a little bit of my time um, and different resources that we're doing to spread the word, to get more guys engaged with the gospel around the world. Um, so I just want to thank you guys. There, there are many of you who are doing that, and I deeply, deeply appreciate it. If you want to do that, if you're looking for ways to give, uh, you, you want to have like a tax-deductible um, <clears throat> donation at the end of the year, we'd love to have you join us in partnering with us. You can do that by going to dadtired.com forward slash give. Um, and you can always help out there. Anyway, so uh, thank you guys for that. Welcome if you're new. Uh, also, if you're new, go to go to dadtired.com and click the community tab. That will link you over to a closed group on Facebook where we've got a few thousand guys from around the world who are taking their faith, their family, and their marriage very seriously. Um, just this week, uh, well, actually, sorry, I'm ready to dive in, but I want to tell you one more thing. <clears throat> if you're not subscribed to the podcast, if you don't actually hit the subscribe button, you need to because I have some amazing guests that are going to be on the show in the next coming weeks and months. Um, tomorrow morning, I'm going to be interviewing Jeff Vanderstelt. He's the author and speaker and pastor. Um, he's got a fascinating story. He just uh, He's one of my favorite teachers, so I'll be interviewing him for the show tomorrow. Um, and then the next day, I'm going to interview another one of my favorite teachers in the UK. His name's Tim Chester. He's written dozens and dozens of books, um, many of which have been really helped shape the way that I think and helped me tremendously. So I'm excited for you guys to hear from him. Uh, and then the, the following month, we are going to have, let's see, Shane Claiborne. Um, look him up if you don't know who Shane Claiborne is. Just a, incredibly, uh, the dude volunteered with Mother Teresa. So like... <laughs> Uh, that's all you need to know as far as like teaser. He's He's got an incredible story and what he's doing for the kingdom is incredible. So you'll want to catch that interview next month. And then the following month, we've got John Mark Comer, uh, pastor and author and speaker, uh, who's written some really, really amazing books. He uh, leads a, a church out here that's just doing really, really well and pointing tons of people towards Jesus. So anyway, all that to say, we've got... R- a huge lineup of like guests that are starting to come on the show. So hit the subscribe button because you're not going to want to miss those. Um, <clears throat> this last week, uh, I was went through a training to become a like premarital counselor facilitator, um, and so spent several hours going through this training material. We, <clears throat> I, I'm a pastor. Uh, I'm an ordained pastor through uh, both through a church and through. Um, dad tired as a nonprofit organization. So I'm 
ordained to, that's just like fancy way of saying I can legally marry people and bury people and all that kind of stuff. Um, marrying them is more fun than burying them. Um, so I do, I officiate a lot of weddings. We're kind of in the stage of life where a lot of my friends are getting married. And so they'll ask me to officiate weddings. I'm officiating, I think four or five just this summer. And, um, so we do, we end up doing a lot of premarital counseling with couples just as a result of, of officiating weddings. And so what I wanted to do is I, I, kind of my personality is if you've listened to the podcast, this won't surprise you that I, I kind of, uh, just feel it out. Like I just pray. And, um, that, that even actually probably sounds too over spiritual. I, I just want to hear like where the couple's at. And then I kind of go with the flow based on where they're at. And I, that's like a fancy way of saying I don't plan very well. Um, so as a way to try to serve the couples that I'm, that I'm, uh, counseling, doing their premarital counseling, I, I went through this training process so that we can just have more structured um, counseling sessions to really get after some things that might come up in their marriage. And so I went through the the training and then took some tests and I passed. I'm not a very good student, but it turns out I did all right on this. I passed the test. So I'm like a, a licensed or official or certified or whatever the word is, <clears throat> uh, able to to do this assessment or premarital counseling or whatever. Anyway, I tell you all that because in the assessment training, what I was learning was one one thing that stuck out to me that I thought was really fascinating is the majority of couples, Christian couples, or I guess in this case, they would have just said they're religious or they value faith uh, as part of their life. The majority of people who value faith as part of their life um, would rank their desire for um, spiritual intimacy with their partner high. So what that means is, we'll just put it in Christian context. If you're a Christian, most Christians, most people who uh, have faith in something would say that they really want to be spiritually connected to their spouse, meaning they want to attend the same church, they want to have the same views on theology, they want to uh, know where the, their spouse is with God, uh, they want to have spiritual talks, they want to pray together, they want to have, they want to wrestle through um, spiritual things, they want to lead their family uh, spiritually, they want they want to have like values, Christian or spiritual values within their home. Again, I'm saying spiritual a lot because this wasn't necessarily a Christian thing. Um, or didn't have to be a Christian thing. But for those of us that are Christian, we would say like we want a Jesus-centered home. We want gospel-centered values. We want our spouse. Uh, we want to have these kind of gospel conversations with our spouse and pray together and all these kinds of things. So majority of couples, I can't remember the exact percentage, but in the high majorities, um, want that to be a value. They, they say that we highly value spiritual intimacy within our relationship. And yet when asked, okay, you value that in your relationship, how's it going? Most couples would say that it's only a three or four on a scale to 10, meaning most even married couples who've been married for decades, church going, Jesus loving, faithful Christians would say, yes, I really want there to be spiritual intimacy in our relationship, but we're not doing very well in that. We don't feel connected spiritually. When it comes to the things of God, we don't feel connected as much as I would want to be. In fact, most people gave it a three or four, their spiritual intimacy with their partner, a three or four on a scale to 10. Majority of people said we're not doing very well. And so I asked my wife, I I listened to that and I asked my wife, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm a pastor. I lead this podcast. I have a ministry. I've written a book. Like we, (laughs) uh, surely I've done well, right? Like I've, this is a, this is a, uh, 
uh, area that I hopefully can get an A in. And so I asked my wife, I'm like, babe, you know, how do you think we're doing? You think we're doing spiritually? Like, are we spiritually intimate? Do you feel like we have a connection? She's like, eh, yeah, I think that's important, but actually I don't think we're doing that great on it. And I was like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> like, uh, apparently I we're, we're not doing as well. And she asked, she's like, well, how, what do you think? Do you think we're doing a good job on that? Do you think like we're spiritually connected and intimate? And I, and I asked her to kind of expand on that. Like, what do you mean? What do you, what do you, what are you feeling when you say that you don't think we are? And she said, you know, I just think that, uh, I know that you're kind of processing with the Lord all the time. And I don't fully know. I don't feel like I'm totally in on that. And she said, I'm also personally just processing with the Lord all the time. And I don't feel like you are really like in on that. And she said, I think uh, we should be, you know, we're married and and we should be. I want to know where you're at with God every day. I want to know where you're at with God. And I want you to know where I am with God. And that's kind of what her definition of the spiritual intimacy. She believes that we should really know those things. And yet we don't in many ways. And we talk about it. Some, but uh, I guess she would say, and I probably would agree, that not as much as we should be. And uh, so uh, that day, you know, I thought, okay, I want to get better at this. My wife clearly told me this is something that she values and she wants to grow in. So I'm like, I need to step up in this area as her as her husband. So um, this sounds weird, but if you're married, you totally get it. I was taking a shower. She was getting finishing up her makeup in the bathroom. So we're talking uh, in the bathroom. And so I was just asked her, I was like, babe, how, how are you doing with God? Like, you know, where do you, where do you feel like you're at? And uh, how can I help? And, and just like, what are you processing with God these days? And she started to go in and tell me, and I won't share all of what she said, but she, she was processing with me where she's at with the Lord. And that made me start to think, okay, like, where am I at? Where am I at with the Lord? How, how do I feel like I'm doing with God? Um, not just here, here's the tricky thing. And this is where it, it gets back to like gospel centered theology. You and I get, get tripped up on this all the time. What I can often start to convince myself is if I'm doing a lot of things for the kingdom, for Jesus, um, and and then there are like numbers to support that. So I can say like, man, I've, I've shared the gospel with a lot of people. I've, uh, I've equipped a lot of men and women to um, be more faithful husbands uh, or, or wives for the sake of the kingdom. Like, uh, and there's kind of numeric stuff that I can put on that. I get emails a lot that say like the, the ministry is really helping me in my relationship with God. When I start to see those things, I can convince myself that that is synonymous or that that equates with my relationship with God. So like, oh, I'm doing okay because because I've been productive. And listen, that's like God, that's a gospel lie. Um, my productivity does not determine how well I'm doing with Jesus. Um, it's it's fully relational. And am I remembering that I've been saved by the grace of Jesus? Like that, that it hit my relationship with God is not determined on my good works, but the work that Jesus did on the cross. And when I convince myself that we're good because I'm behaving well, I'm actually believing a false theology. It's not the, the theology of Scripture. The theology of Scripture says you are not saved by your works, but you are saved by the grace of God. And so close relationship with God is not that I'm doing really well and I can take pride in my work or my behavior. Good relationship with God is is when I'm humble enough to say, man, even in my goodness or my brokenness and my good behavior or bad behavior, I am saved by the work and the blood of Jesus Christ. And because of that, that is my motivation to pursue and to love and to be faithful towards Jesus and my wife and my kids and everything else around me because I'm remembering 
the gospel of Jesus and that that is not based on my good works, but on the work of Jesus Christ. And so um, even in that, like thinking through how am I doing with God, I'm remembering like, man, it, it I can't just, <clears throat> I can't just assume that I'm doing okay with God because I'm, I'm behaving well or because I'm, I'm doing some stuff ministry wise that looks good. <clears throat> and I started to think to myself, um, in the shower. <laughs> I won't tell you lots of thoughts that I have in the shower. That's weird. But uh, in this particular moment, I was thinking through like, uh, as a kid, you know, for, for those, there's many of you that are listening. I know that you have kind of grown up in the church. There, there's a lot of you guys that can relate to that experience. You've grown up in the church. And for many of us that grew up in the church, we had a lot of these, like, in fact, we even use these words like mountaintop experiences or I'm in the valley. Like, remember this as Christian, especially in youth group, right? They're like, how are you doing with Jesus? Like, ah, oh, I'm just on the mountaintop right now. I'm just like so close to the Lord. Or, or you'd say like, I'm just in a valley. Like, I'm just in a season of a valley right now. <laughs> like, we use a lot of weird lingo and uh, it's not weird. It's, I mean, it's in scripture, but I guess the way we say it can be weird sometimes, but we always talk about like these mountain high experiences or these valleys. And it usually had to do with like a camp or a revival or some kind of service, like put us on the mountain. And there was these short term bursts of like awesome God experiences and low valleys. And sometimes it would be within the days or hours or weeks or months or maybe a year, but they were usually relatively short term. And so you're constantly, your relationship with God as a young person, when you're kind of new to your faith even, is fluctuating between high and low constantly. And yet, as you get older, you don't have these kind of high emotional or low valley experiences. There's like the day in and day out um, just faithfulness of following Jesus. And it's not sexy. There's nothing sexy about it. There's not like this mountaintop camp experiences where you, you know, as Moses saw God in the burning bush, like there's not, there's not the burning bush stuff happening every day. It's like this faithful, just kind of trudging through, um, going through everyday life. And it's this faithfulness and it's, it's much like, um, our marriage, like, if I, if I talked about your emotions when you first met your wife, it'd be all over the place. Sometimes she like had your heart and you're on cloud nine. Another time something happened or you get in an argument and it feels earth shattering, right? Like you're going through all these highs and lows. But then when you're married, you learn that there's like this long term, the day in, the day out uh, faithfulness of what it means to be married to be married. And it's not necessarily based on emotions or highs and lows. It's just based on this like steady faithfulness. And I think what can happen for us, uh, especially as Western Christians, uh, for those of us that live in the West, like what we th- we get very consumed with instant. Uh, and man, I am like maybe the most guilty of this. I love instant. Like I, I just took a assessment test uh, this last week and learned like I'm, I'm fast. I move fast. I do things quick sometimes without thinking. And that to 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 assume that that does not translate into your relationship with God would be absolutely foolish. 100% uh, your lifestyle, us being 
our culture, our the the era that we live in, uh, the technology that we have absolutely plays into our relationship with God. And what I mean by that practically is, um, usually what happens is we want things very quickly. When we pray, we want that we want our prayers to be answered really quickly. When we're in a season that we want to be out of, we ask God to get us out quickly. And when we don't, we start to feel like God has abandoned us, or He's not listening to us, or is God even real? Because He hasn't fixed this problem, or he hasn't taken away this addiction, or he hasn't healed this person in this hour, or this week, or this month. And what scripture shows is that God has always been consumed with the long term. God is playing the long game with your life. He's in for the long haul. Like he, he, He's not concerned with the minute uh, stuff of your life in the sense that he's really, com- or he's really chasing after your comfort. He's always chasing after your character. Let me say it again. God is most concerned with your character, not with your comfort. And so he's okay playing the long game. Keep in mind, God is outside of time. He's not constricted by your to-do list for this week or your to-do list for this month or even this year. Like God's okay. Like he's settled in. God's okay waiting 5, 10, 15 years to see your character start to develop. And so I think we need to be okay, like as men, as, as men who are raising kids, as men who are trying to be faithful in our marriage, as men who are uh, allowing God to shape our hearts, we have to start to realize like the, the mundane, um, and maybe that's not the right word, but the, the day in, day out, like non-sexy, there's no mountaintop experiences, there's no super um, deep valleys. It's just the day in and day out faithfulness of following God. And I think God's okay with that. So if you're saying to yourself, like, man, I kind of re- like, I, I relate. I don't feel like really far from God, but I don't feel really close to God. Um, what does it look like? Like, what does it look like to pursue God in the everyday stuff of life? And I think what that looks like is learning to be faithful in the day to day when it doesn't look sexy. And you think about it, like Moses, God made a promise to Moses that he was going to lead his, his people to the promised land for 40 years. They wandered through the desert 40 years. I mean, talk about patience, about like trusting God in the long game. Like is God, God, think about how many, I mean, it's not even like, we don't even have to guess. We can look in scripture and see the people, the God's people wandering through the desert and, and then praying literally like, God, would you just take us out of this? It was better for us to be slaves. Like we would rather be slaves than go through this is they're pleading with God, praying all the time to God to rescue them, to save them now. And God was clearly more concerned about the long game about his kingdom, about his story. And he wasn't about trying to get them super comfortable in the here and now. Uh, We think about Joseph, right? Like Joseph spent 11 years, roughly, like we have to make some guesses in scripture, but roughly 11 years in prison. God made promises to him that he would be like an influencer, a leader. And yet in the middle of that, Joseph is in prison for 11 years, unjustly, by the way in prison for 11 
years. Abraham was told that he's going to have a son. After he was told that, he waited 25 years to have a kid. God is concerned with, he's like, he's in it for the long haul. He's playing the long game with your life. He's not concerned about your day-to-day comfort. He's in, he's consumed with your character that he would begin to shape you and mold you for his glory, for your good, for the long term. And he, listen, he settled in. He'll wait a long time, uh, a painfully long time to see that your character starts to shape and grow. And listen, that's frustrating to us as Westerners. Um, as people who like things here and now, who we love instant gratification, and things just keep getting more and more instant, and yet God is patient, and he's steadfast, and he's slow, and he's methodical, and God is always concerned with your character, not your comfort. He's in it for the long haul. And so that that's kind of my way of saying, like, as I, I was as I was thinking about where am I with God, and feeling like, almost a sense of guilt, like, man, I, maybe I should be more on a mountaintop experience. Uh, and and I just felt the sense that, like, I, I don't know if I need to be emotionally charged um, when it comes to my relationship with God, although I would take that. I like that. I think I, I love when my emotions are caught up to that and I'm, like, super passionate but sometimes passion isn't there, and yet when when passion starts to fade, that's when faithfulness steps in, and that's where I was I was sensing like in this season of my life, I'm not feeling overly um, like this radically close to God, and yet I don't feel far from God, and so I think I'm out of this season of maybe like um, deep passion. And I'm learning a season of faithfulness. Like, what does it look like to be faithful to God when passion might not be there? What does it look like to pursue God when there might not be emotions attached in the same way that you pursue your wife when maybe there's not passion or emotions? What does it look like to be that day in and day out faithful? And I think it's continuing to be disciplined in prayer, to be continued to remind yourself of the gospel, to continue to put yourself in situations where you can be reminded of the gospel, whether that be scripture or listening to messages, listening to this podcast, being in a good community, being in a excuse me, a church that's going to preach the gospel, like continuing to be intentional about putting yourself in situations where you're reminded of the gospel, where you're not drifting towards your selfishness and towards your sin, um, but you're drifting back towards the gospel all the time. And you're just faithful in the day in and day out. And you continue to pray like, God, um, even though my emotions aren't here, I'm faithful to staying with you. I'm sticking with you in the journey because I know you've stuck with me and you're continuing to stick with me. And I want my kids to see that it's not always rainbows and butterflies and it's not always um, you know, terrible things. And yet whether we're on a mountaintop experience or we're in the middle of a valley, it doesn't matter. I want my kids to see that I'm faithful to God regardless of where emotions and where passion is. So that, that would be uh, my, I guess my encouragement, my reflection back to you. And listen, that Joseph, in the midst of being in prison, remained faithful to God. He understood that God still had a plan, that God was being faithful, that God was knew that he was trying to shape his character and that he was had a grand story happening. And so we can either take that attitude of Joseph, like, man, in the midst of this crap, I, I don't doubt God's goodness and his faithfulness, and I'll continue to be faithful to God because I know God is continuing to be faithful to us regardless of situation. Uh, you can take that attitude or you can be like the Israelites who said, this sucks. Like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I'll look for other gods. I'll turn my back. Um, 
And listen, I just think to be a man of God, to be a gospel-centered man, it means that we're faithful even when things aren't sexy, even when things don't look great, even when even when uh, we're not having like these deep worship experiences or pulling out these like nuggets from the Bible that's just life-changing. In the midst of it, we're just a gospel-centered man is just faithful because we know that God's faithful to us. And God's goodness is not determined by how sexy our life looks or how exciting our life looks. Sometimes it's just in the mundane as you're kids are throwing tantrums like my my days right now i'm just surviving like legitimately i just feel like i'm surviving i'm counting down the hours to bedtime like every night lately uh as you know we just took in a foster child that three is a game changer i don't know how any of you have more kids than three like it's a it's a complete game changer and right now i just feel like i'm surviving there's nothing like exceptionally glamorous about my relationship with God right now, except that I feel like I'm learning faithfulness. What does it mean to be faithful in the day in and day out when things don't look super glamorous? And and that, that's what I think a man of God looks like. There, there, we read the highlights in scripture. I know I'm rambling a little bit. I apologize. Forgive me. Um, <clears throat> but we, we read the highlights in scripture, right? Like, there's we we see the promises to Moses to Joseph to Abraham and then we see the promises fulfilled in the next chapter what we don't see are the 40 years in between where there was like nothing exciting happening it's them learning to be faithful to trust God when it's quiet and when things aren't super exciting and that's what i think it means for us as gospel centered men is to trust God trust God's goodness and his faithfulness to us when things aren't exciting um so yeah, there's that. Uh, my <laughs> my uh, my last thought. I'll end on this thought for you guys today. Uh, it it kind of goes back to the very first thing I was saying at the at the beginning of the podcast with the assessment and and your your wife, man. Uh, if she falls anywhere near the statistics, she really wants to have spiritual intimacy with you. She wants to have conversations. She wants to. She wants you to pray with her. She wants you to ask her how her heart's doing. She wants you to ask her how she's doing with the Lord. Um, and listen, many of many guys are intimidated by that. Like we think we. I don't even feel close to God. How can I lead my wife and my family towards that? Um, and you feel intimidated because you don't have all the answers. You haven't read the Bible, or you don't know all the stories. Or you can't quote scripture. Whatever. Listen, your wife more than you being like the the straight A Bible Sunday school teacher more than she wants that. She just wants you to be authentic. I guarantee you, if you sit down with your wife and you just say, "Babe, like, how are you doing with God? I kind of feel far, or I feel like mundane, or I feel like I'm just trudging through. Like, how are you doing?" I promise you, just that question alone is going to spark fire in her heart. She's going to love to hear where you're at with God. She's going to love to to know that you asked her and that you're concerned with where she's at with God. I mean, it's something as simple as that, I promise you, is going to take you a really, really long way. Um, and the other thing is just like something simple, just saying like, babe, I don't know, like, do you want to, you want to research a a Bible study that we can do together or go through a book? Or do you want to read the one chapter from the the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John every night before we go to bed and just pray together? Dude, if you, that's like a bonus. If you, if you just ask her how she's doing with God, like you, you've taken a huge step in the right direction. But then if you put like an action step behind it, like, Hey babe, let's just read one chapter from the gospels uh, every night. And then let's just pray and go to bed. Um, dude, she, like you win, you, <laughs> you win the husband award like that. That's leadership. And, 
And it, it again, it's not sexy or glamorous. You're not like uh, quoting scripture and like, I don't know, tattooing <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11 across your chest. Like that's not what leadership, Christian leadership is. Christian leadership, man, is just like being authentic, authentically leading your family and just saying like, babe, I, I don't feel necessarily close to Jesus either, but I'm, I want to grow and I want you to grow. And I, if I can be part of helping us in that, I want to be, I want God to capture our hearts. Dude, if you do that, you're, you're, God is, God is proud of you for that. <laughs> Again, he, you're, his love for you is not based on your behavior, but that that's part of what it means to be leaders, to be humble and be authentic. She doesn't want you to try to fake it. She just wants you to be real. I love you guys. I hope this podcast was helpful for you. Go to dadtire.com, get more information about what we're doing. I'll talk to you guys soon. Later. 